Hello everyone and welcome to the MoPod, brought to you by MoDate, where we discuss everything Mo, from modern orthodoxy to my opinions and more. I'm your host Evan Harris and we have a great guest for you today. Let's get to it. Before we get started, just want to wish a special Mazel Tov to Natan Olaf and Shira Isaacs on their engagement. That is the third couple for MoDate and it's all happened in the past few months and Olaf is a good friend of mine so this one is very special and meaningful to me so just want to wish them a very very big massive today we're sitting down with Dovi Newberger home of the Newberger may I take your order how are you Dovi good I've actually gotten that one before I'm sure you have so please tell us who you are and what's your deal <laughs> okay sounds good first of all I also want to wish a muzzle tough to not on and sure you said yeah I think that's a very big deal for uh Moda the third couple is I don't, I don't know I never actually saw this officially anywhere authoritatively but I know that every girl I ever met said three uh said three shidduchim gets you into home haba so I think that's what they tell them at the seminaries I don't know what else they tell them there but that that I know is for sure one thing that they tell them there so yeah, I mean, Modate is now in in Olam Haba, so that's great. Well, and... you are you are. Uh... No, I'm not Modate. I mean, there's there's a lot of people involved. So, just gonna say that the the concept, the organization Modate is now in Olam Haba, but you know we got a long way to go. So, got it. Gonna so you guys got you got one chair there. Yeah. Awesome. If there are chairs there, yeah. <laughs> um. So I. Um, my name's Dovi. I grew up in Teaneck. Um, I went to, through the normal day school system, went to YNJ, I went to MTA. I went, I learned in Yeshiva in Israel for a year in Shalabim. Um, I came back. That's when I kind of like started, I, I wouldn't say veering, but like getting a little bit more interesting in, in where I spent my time. I spent my time in a number of places, all, all very great experiences that contributed to who I am today or, or not so great. If you don't like who I am, I guess that's, uh, that's up to you. But, um, so I got back from Israel. I learned in YU for a little bit. Not, I didn't do undergrad there. My dad is a Rebbe there. So, um, I was learning there. I spent some time in Sharyashov in Farakoe. Um, all the while I was doing college in FDU, which is a school in Teaneck that has a yeshiva program. That's actually, um, it's like a, it's a much more cultural yeshivish way of doing college. Um, it has a lot of guys from Brooklyn, Muncie, Lakewood, a um, bunch of guys used to come in from Waterbury. And it was, it was really great. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot easier. It was a lot cheaper. It was a lot quicker. Um, and uh, I was trying to, I was actually, I thought I was going to be a lawyer. So I thought that was the easiest way to do that. Um, so I did that, took the LSAT. I went to NYU for one semester um, I realized I, I did not want to be a lawyer at all. I hated it. So I left to pursue other things. Um, now I work in insurance and I pursue stand-up comedy. Um, I would say at night, but not every night on, uh, on, on occasion. Got it. Um, Got so that's it. me in a nutshell. So I'm sure our listeners are very familiar with Fairleigh Dickinson University, especially at coming off the tournament win. Because, you know, Mopod listeners are big fans of March Madness. So right. uh, I'm wondering, based on your background, you know, you mentioned the reason we're having you on here today is, is because you're a comedian. And that's really the main the main plug there. And so I'm wondering, are you from or are you a comedian? 
am I from or am I comedian? That's a funny way of saying that. Um, I, I mean, I consider myself both. Um, That's the answer I was hoping for. <laughs> um, I mean, um, I hope I'm much more successful at being from than I am at being a comedian because I'm kind of just getting my training wheels off in comedy. I've done a couple of shows in the city, but um, I, I, I'm intrigued by your question. Is, is the question like, do you think those two are a contradiction? Is that what you're getting at? I'm wondering if you think those two are a contradiction. Have you ever had points in your so I, I, the honest answer is I do actually. Um, no, like not at I I think it's definitely possible to 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 be a from comedian. Um, I think there are things like at their core which are of the comedy industry which um, definitely go against like like principles of Yiddish guide. I think um, most comedians have to use language um, that um that's definitely not um appropriate or something that which a religious Jew is even allowed to do um I can't say I've been perfect but I I I don't like the general like approach of of you could you could be from and you could do anything I don't think that's true at all um and I think comedy is one of those things where um definitely people like sacrifice on certain amount of their their values to, I mean, you, you could be Shomer Shabbos, you could be Shomer so you could do all the, all, you could be an upstanding from person, but to say that you, you, you won't have to sacrifice on anything that's part of Yiddish guy, I don't think that's true. Okay, very insightful answer. So let's talk more about comedy. When did you decide that you were funny? And when did you decide that you were funny enough to pursue stand-up comedy? Um, when did I decide? Well, I'm hilarious. I just always been. No, I, uh, I mean, I always had like center of attention syndrome as a kid. I was youngest of six. Um, my house is always flying because my dad was around by a very big congregation. So like there was just such a fight for every inch of attention that like, if you weren't, if you didn't have something funny or smart to say, and I never had something smart to say. So if you didn't have something funny to add, like you just like weren't getting the time of day. So that's when I kind of, I used comedy to kind of claw my way in. My siblings and my parents, I mean, I would never admit that my parents are funny in any public setting, so we'll leave that. But my siblings are all, have very sharp, great sense of humor. Um, it's kind of the currency in our uh, in our family setting. And I think I started, like, I used to speak at a lot of off-roughs, all my friends, some not of my friends, honestly. Um, had a big family, so there was, like, just, like, either a bar mitzvah or a shabbat brachos like once a week um used to do a lot of that and then i just like really enjoyed it uh i really enjoyed i enjoyed like the adrenaline rush of like getting up in front of people and trying to make them laugh um so i took a class last summer through gotham comedy club um and then i put together like a five minute set had a bunch of my friends come to a show and then after that i started doing open mic nights i started writing a lot more um still very much in the very very infant stages of my comedy life but thank god it's like really been a lot of fun very stressful but a lot of fun great so let's just discuss how we met basically this this podcast is going to come out on tuesday march 9th may 9th sorry about that may 9th and which will be two days before mo date's comedy event at stand up ny hopefully we'll be sold out by then but if we're not, then you'll see on Instagram and you'll be able to still sign up for all those listening. And so 
I was not as involved with this event as I have been with past events in terms of creating the lineup. And, you know, it's a great experience for me because it was very much done on Modate's behalf by Panina Delman and and just a, a great team. And so Dovi reaches out to the Modate Instagram, asks if he could get involved in the comedy show. And he did it like at a time, you know, middle of the day, you know, kind of busy. So at first I was just like, nah, like, like we have five comedians already, comics who needs, you know, one more. But he sent me a clip of one of his sets, which I found very funny. So we spoke further, said, you want to come on the Mopod? We actually had a meal together since then. And I still don't know if if you're going to be part of the show. I mean, by Tuesday, hopefully we know. But yeah, I think it's all it's it's in the uh, it's in the business stages now. I think their people are talking to my people. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Very good. So hopefully by Tuesday we know if you're in the show. I, I wish we knew today because it would definitely like gear the conversation in a certain direction. But I, I do not know at this moment. Well, we could pretend I'm in it and then go that way, and then this will just be an awkward podcast. <laughs> yeah. Playing in it. <laughs> So let's talk about some some shows you've done, right? So you were the MC at the Young Israel, right? Yeah, so I, the easiest way to to I mean it's not easy by any means, but one way that people get like it's very hard to get stage time in New York City. There's just like hundreds and not thousands of comedians all pining for the same spots in in different clubs. So if you produce and you're able to bring people to the show and like basically create your own show, then um, then you could get stage time. So that's how like I kind of went about it in, in in the beginning. I uh I so I produced a couple of shows um more geared towards like Jewish audiences in the Upper West Side. I did a Hanukkah show in Young Israel. Um I did a perm show actually in Stand Up NY. Uh, both of those sold out. And um where I kind of bring in other Jewish comedians and have like a very it's great if comedy shows like have a theme and have like the because like the premise for all comedic bits or jokes if you want to say is shared experiences really um so in new york that's easy because a lot of new yorkers have very similar experiences so you'll find a lot of the comedians in new york talk about the subway or rent or gentrification things that everyone relates to um so for jewish shows it's great to have jewish comedians with those shared experiences um i found at least i found at least that it's even better when you have one or two totally like not from the Jewish world that just like come and give like an outsider's take on Jewish life, which for the perm show is I thought hilarious. We had like a couple, one or two like evangelical Christians, Christian comedians that came in and they were amazing actually. And the audience loved them. Okay, great. So let's assume you're in the show right next week, which is, I mean, I hope the comedians know, you know, it's a, it's a dating platform and it's called Modate. So, you would have to assume, but what direction would you go in for a show about dating? Just would you speak about your personal life? Would you talk about experiences? Oh, how would you, yeah. how would you take that? A hundred percent. I mean, like, I'll, like, I'll be guilty of like being on a date and like being like, okay, sorry, I got to write this down. Cause like it, it like turns into a great bit. Like I remember, yeah, so I remember being on this date actually, and like where where I thought of this bit, I was at an archery shooting place and just like taking my phone out in the middle of the date to like write down. And the girl's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm a comedian. Like, I this has to be a bit. I'm sorry. Like, I don't know if I'm ever gonna see you again, but like, I need to. No, I'm kidding. I didn't say that. <laughs> but um, 
I think like dating is just like comedic relief for dating is just like such a perfect thing because everyone at this like event has the shared experience, not just of dating and not just being Jewish, but of specifically dating in the Jewish and probably in the Orthodox world. And that's such a unique, specific experience with some of the most hilarious, frustrating, and just like ridiculous experiences that I just feel like it's a, it's like a pot of, it's almost like a pot of tension and like that you just like need a, need the comedy to like poke and release all that tension. And like, and I think it could be like a very therapeutic event for, for, sure. for everyone going through like similar experiences. For sure. So I think with dating, right. You know, there are a lot of stigmas flying around, but also just talking about dating. A lot of people don't like to go into their personal experience and like kind of just avoid the topic, I would say, because whether they're embarrassed or whatever it is, how do you feel like you differ in that sense? Like, how do you just talk about it? And do you recommend that more people just talk about their experiences, you know, without intense Lush and Hara or anything like that? Just how um, do you think people could relieve? Definitely their... not. I would say, I mean, I think like most of my, things i talk about during stand, like comedy are they definitely happened but they're they're kind of generic and that they've happened to everyone and they happen mm -hmm. a bunch of times like sitting down with a shotgun and like and poking at the obvious like hilariousness of of things that will arise when you're sitting down in a meeting with someone and, and kind of designing your your spouse um but i think specificities i don't, I don't know if i pronounced that right are actually i think are terrible for the I think everyone has to talk a lot less about dating in general. I think part of the frustration in our world from dating comes from the added, like the pressure of everyone is always talking about it um, on the one hand. And I also think that when it comes to specific people, it's hard. Like we've all been guilty of this, but we always complain that Jewish dating is this pressurized environment where people can't be natural and can't be themselves. And it results in, bad dates and just like bad experiences and just like not fun. But we single people are the creators of that environment because we take people to task for every stupid thing they say in a day for every, you want to call it rude or like, uh, like in consequential, like uh accidental gesture that like, I don't know, like stupid things. I'm, I'm just thinking about like a guy forgets to get the, the door for a girl. Yeah, he probably should have, but but if the if the date let's say doesn't go the way that that girl wanted or whatever, she'll then use that and like tell the matchmaker or, um, or if a guy said something and the and out of context it could be said one way. Like I I find that we take people to task for the dumbest things and we really talk way too much about dating in general and it creates this environment that we we ourselves get frustrated with, but like we're the own perpetrators of that. Yeah, that that makes very, yeah, no, it's very interesting. So you think if people were less judgmental about smaller things, they'd everything. Also be I mean, I think guys and judgment. Guys are guilty of it. Um, like how many times will you hear like a a guy get back from a day like, oh my god, the funniest thing happened, she said the stupidest thing. And like that's a horrible thing to do, obviously, but definitely like you've heard that before. Um, how many times will a girl get back from a date and just like take the like rip the guy to shreds for something like he really he might have said by accident or, or like it, it was an objectively stupid thing to say but like he she knows he didn't mean it but he'll, she'll take him to task anyway because 
maybe he broke up with her or because she just like didn't like him anyway. And we all do it. And it's really a terrible thing to do. And I, I think that it ends up hurting us more than anything because we create this like super rigid environment for dating, which isn't, which isn't fun one, but it's more than more importantly, it's like not conducive to building like happy go lucky in relationships. It's like a very judgmental environment. Okay. Very interesting. Very, very interesting thought. So being a comedian, you know, obviously it's not your, your main thing, but it's probably what a lot of people associate you with because they probably like a lot of people associate me with Modate, you know, they probably associate you with comedy more than right. your full-time job, at least in our circles. And so, so like, you know, in my mind, like Evan Harris is better, like all day, it's just like charts of guys and, and <laughs> like one of those like law and order SVU, like pins and threads and just like like that's what in my mind that's what you do like 20 hours a day yeah that's why i have a virtual background so (laughs) yeah so i'm thinking what how does that affect your dating like what do you think girls think about when you tell them you're a comedian like has that that ever come up and it been a positive thing a negative thing and then after that we'll dive into some other relationships how does it affect those um I mean, like, I, it's only been, like, recently that I've actually, like, called myself a comedian. But, uh, I mean, like, it's definitely not good. Like, I feel like girls, like, want to go on a date with a comedian. Girls don't want to, like, date a, a comedian. You know what I mean? Like, um, I mean, I definitely don't want it to be, I, I definitely, like, like to get in there early that it's not, like, it's something I very much do pursue both for fun and, like, it could be an opportunity down the line. It's not, like... I mean, it's not anyone's source of income because there is no income basically in New York City, but it's definitely not my source of income. And yeah, I don't think like, I think like you introduce yourself to a girl like, oh, I'm a stand-up comedian. Like, oh, this could be fun, but like not going anywhere. Like nobody, like no Jewish girl wants to to date the stand-up comedian thing. They want them at their Shabbos meal, but yeah. I don't think it, I don't think it's particularly good for dating. I mean, I mean making people laugh is is incredible like just not just for dating for human interaction like it's a way to people do things because like people go into business with other people people buy things from other people because they like them and feel attracted to them in in some way and i think humor is like a big part of that for sure so okay so you're saying not great for dating i think no i think being funny is amazing for relationships and amazing for girls let's say but i think being called a comedian in our community is definitely not good for dating (laughs) okay and now what about with your family so you mentioned your dad is rabbi at yu and also of a prestigious congregation so i'm wondering what i don't know if the the congregation's prestigious we're prestigious i don't know if the okay okay it's a very it's a very prestigious congregation yeah (laughs) quite prestigious like an 8.6 on the prestigious scale would you say maybe and so, yeah, so what did your parents say when you told them that you wanted to pursue stand-up comedy was there any resentment there or was it all just positive no, it's not no, like a no full it's, not, it's not first of all i mean like like being a rabbi and being a stand-up comedian has a lot of similarities you know like yeah. I, I say like a rabbi is a stand-up comedian with health insurance i mean usually with health, <laughs> not always with health insurance um you're both like you're both like got to speak for a living you're both not very well paid and everyone thinks they could do your job better that's like how what i would say the yeah. uh um i mean my my parents happen to be very into like my dad's hilarious like 
he had a very sharp sense of humor, always like great with jokes. I don't think there was like a moment in time where I was like, I sat them down and said like, all right, I'm going to do this. I think I more or less, um, I think I sent them a video of like, after I did it, I'm much more like ask for forgiveness than permission kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and like, they were very supportive. I'm sure like, I'm sure it's like not their first option. Like I have a brother that's like a rabbi of the five towns and has a thousand shares on tour anytime. I, I can't imagine like, when they're going to sleep at night, they're thinking about those equally, but like, you know, every kid's different and every kid needs their thing. So they're for sure. They're yeah. They came to my, one of my shows. Um, they would come to any show. I wanted them to like certain ones are just like not the appropriate context. Mm-hmm. I have too much respect for them to like bring them to a comedy club in New York city. Got it. Uh, got it. The weird thing for me to say being that like, I brought like a thousand of my friends to them. I, I, I have a lot of respect for all you guys also, just not in the same way, I guess. It's, it's very nice that you have so many friends. That's, that's great. I, maybe you could tell some of them to come to the moded event next week. Well, if I, was in the, I'm, if I was in the lineup, I'm sure they would want to. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know if you are or not, but by the time this comes out, hopefully you are. And we get a lot, a lot of your friends anyway. So I'm sure, you know, you, you tell people you're a comedian and some people say, like, tell me a joke. Or something like that. Have has that happened to you? People are like, tell me a joke. Yeah, it's it, I compare it to like being at a Shabbos table with like an oral surgeon and just like giving him the challah knife and being like, you like, I just like this tooth has been bothering me. Can you just like take it out? Like <laughs> comedy has a lot of stand-up comedians are not funny people. Like some of the best stand-up comedians in history, if you met them in person, like are known to not be not just funny, but they're not even personable. Um, There's like a sign, there's, you know, obviously an art to it. It's an artistic field, but there's also a science to it, the environment. Um, and like, it's planned humor. It's about writing. And a lot of times there it's a lot of times the comedian is like planting a conversation really within the audience and there's a back and forth and there's a real context that needs to be there. Um, there are people that are funny both on stage and at a Shabbos table, but to, like to say to a comedian, like a tell me a joke is the absolute worst way to like to get yourself to laugh. Like it's impossible because if you th- if you think about like the structure of a joke, the a joke is it's an intellectual roller coaster, really, right? You're telling you you basically you tell a story and kind of have the audience's brains going on this track, and then at the last minute you jerk it in a way they weren't expecting, and that's what makes them laugh, and that's like what triggers the comedic nerves in their brain, if you will, and like to go to someone and say, make me laugh is like really the opposite of that. You're, you're expecting a, uh, a turn. For sure. I mean, I, I would never say, tell me a joke. You know, I, I've, I have too much respect for the biz for that. But at the same time, you know, you're here with this Mopod audience right now. And. Oh, you want a joke? No, no, I don't want a <laughs> joke. I don't want a joke. I, I want, I want a story. And so we're talking about dating. You know, you said we shouldn't yeah. talk so much about dating that it's like, what am I doing here? Do so you know I'll that? tell you, I, I think the funniest part, like, I don't know if I'll use this at the show. I guess you'll have to find out. But one of the jokes I talk about a lot in different contexts is the the, the funniest thing I find is um, like when I started dating, I used to go to a lot of Shadchanim and I found like the Shadchan industry, like in, essentially it is like any other sales industry, right? They're trying to get you to go to go out with someone um like anything else and it's the opposite of any any 
other sales industry. Like you go in to buy a car or a house, like the realtor or the the sellers is telling you like, oh, this is an amazing car. Is this feature? Is that feature? This ha- house is like in a great neighborhood. I remember like the first time I got to a shot, like right away, I thought like they were going to tell me, oh, this girl's so pretty. Like you should go out with her. This girl's so so smart. You should go out with her right away. They're just like, I just want to tell you, like, it, it's not good out there. Like it's <laughs> like the first thing they tell you is like, just so you know, like relationships aren't easy. Like I, like, I hate my husband most of the time. <laughs> I just like, this is like a ridiculous thing. Like they're trying to tell you on relationships and the right away. Like the first thing they do is just like to lower your expectations for relationships in general. <laughs> I just, yeah, like, that's, I mean, that's a phenomenon that I always thought funny and that I like try to work out in, in my standup. Yeah. But even taking the the humor aside, like that's a strategy for them, right? Because if you're a salesperson, then you want as many sales as possible. And so if you lower your expectations, then maybe you'll say yes to more people. If you say yes to more people, then well yeah i kind of said that tongue in cheek i I understand what they're doing and like i don't i'm not necessarily against Mm -hmm. it i think that we do have um not unrealistic like we do have high expectations for relationships and marriage which we should like i came from a place where we had had very high expectations i still do have very high expectations for relationships but i think their point is that like what you see in the world is like what is like you don't see the the hundreds if not thousands of hours that went into that and and like the the outcome is not the outcome of like a happy beautiful relationship is you you wouldn't necessarily understand what goes into that and i think they're what they like try to set the stage for when when you start dating is like understanding that it's not all that it looks like i don't know that's what i've been told obviously i'm not successful at it because i'm single (laughs) so to discuss you know, the obvious elephant in the room, right? You mentioned, you mentioned, no one can see that you looked backwards. So I'll just say it out loud. You mentioned previously that, you know, a big problem with dating is that people talk after and make a big deal out of things that are not a big deal, especially if they're talking to a matchmaker and telling them about it. And then there are concerns about, reputation let's say because if someone tells a matchmaker then they could tell other matchmakers and then you could kind of be known as this person in the matchmaker network as well as this could cause people to be more buttoned up on dates than they would like to be because they don't want to become that person in the matchmaker network but if there were a solution where let's say you you end a date and then you don't have to give a reason why there's no real feedback there. There's just, there's just ending the date and then, and then you move on and you don't need any reasoning. Would that be a a solution, a matchmaking solution that you feel would, would be good? Well, first of all, I want to say like, I, I, the Shadchan and I worked in the past are absolute professionals are very good at what they do and they definitely like get it. So like they, like when I was talking about like talking about, people like talking about dating in general, I think it's much more a problem not with matchmakers because they understand like relationships so well and they like don't take these things as seriously, especially coming from from the other side of it. Like if if one party ends it, then they're going to take the other party's side, like every complaint, so to speak, with a grain of salt. Um, I was talking much more about discussing with our peers because our peers don't take that for granted. And a girl complaining to her roommates or a guy complaining to his friends, they don't have 
not just the wherewithal, they don't have the experience to know that all that is very like biased account of things. But um, having said that, to answer your question, I, I mean, like I learned very early on, like I started dating a long time ago and um, I learned very early on that reasons are terrible. You never give a reason. I think a lot of matchmakers understand that. A lot of them don't. I've had this fight out a number of times, but I think we have to stop asking for reasons why people say no to go on a date, why people say no after a date. Like, there's just, like, let's just be honest. There's just no, nobody said no because she was just, like, too pretty. Or, like, no no girl said no because he was just, like, too smart or just made too much money. Like, these things are going to be inherently, not negative, but inherently, like, things which we don't feel great about ourselves for. And, like, that that 99%, uh, 99% of the time, I should say. Like, yeah, once in a while, I'll say, like, he was just amazing, but, like, he just wasn't. I don't know, like we just come from two different backgrounds. Even then, you, most of the time, there's something else going on. And what I found with is normally what guys do, what like normal menschlich guys do is they lie about it because they don't, they feel embarrassed, like coming back to a middle person. Like when I say Shadchan, I don't necessarily, like it doesn't have to be like an eight-year-old woman in her like basement in Bar Park. It could just be like, like a 19-year-old that's sending you guys up. They like if they get pushed for a reason, they're not going to say like, oh, I didn't find her attractive enough. They're going to like make something up. They're going to say like, oh, I think she was too from for me because that's not inherently that's not inherently insulting. And it makes her look good. And and it's like a reasonable reason. for It's a reasonable claim for you. And then what's going to happen is like that Shadokan's going to get back to that girl and say like, oh, you're just too from for him. And, or, and that, then she's going to be self-conscious about it because let's say she thought it went well and wanted to go out with that guy again. So she next three dates she goes on, she's going to play down her from kind. And it's not like really genuinely who she is. And then those guys who could have been good for her might genuinely think that she's not from enough because of this whole stupid interaction we had, which didn't need to happen in the first place. And like, for that reason, not only like, do I not give reasons? I never asked for one. Like, even I'm very like, I've had amazing dates where the girl gets back to me and says no all the time. And I'm like dying with curiosity. What was it? Like, what was I to this? Was I to that? Was I too loose? Was I too stiff? And, but I'll, I'll never ask for a reason because I know that in the end of the day, it's not helpful. And I think it's actually detrimental. So a platform that doesn't ask oh, for reasons. Oh, I see where we're going with this. Doesn't, doesn't, <laughs> doesn't give reasons. Just had its third engagement in the past few months. Has a sense of accountability because you're represented by your friends. Makes you inactive after you have a successful match that shows that dating serious and not just another dating app. You would say that's a that's a good idea. Yeah, I mean, I would have to meet the founder and see if I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I, I I think it's a great premise. Um, I mean, I definitely think it's not the only way we could be introducing this. I think that, like, we have to, um, we like we have to educate everyone, like who anyone involved in like setting people up that there that this like phenomenon is going on, and definitely not like sometimes people are just curious. Like sometimes middlemen like are just like hawkers and they want to know like, Oh, what was it? And like, that's really unhealthy. That's not helpful for, for anyone. I, I, I think we have to like gear our conversations to what is going to be most. And I'll hear all the time, like, but I'm just trying to get a sen better sense of what you're looking for. Like, I promise you, like, I also want to get married, not me, me, like people you're setting up, people who are dating, like they also like want to, they don't want to go on bad dates. They want to get in a good 
relationship where they vibe with the person. Like if they fat thought knew there was something that they can tell you that would be helpful, I promise you they would tell it to you. If someone's like being cagey about why they don't want to go out again, it's not going to be like a helpful thing to to like you setting them up in the in the future. I, that's my personal take. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, for some reasons, like you're right, like it's good to give reasons because if it's going to be helpful in terms of suggesting more people or just not like another thing that happens is that when someone says no let's say you know a few times in a row and doesn't give a reason then that matchmaker whoever it is just thinks like okay this person's too picky uh i'm not gonna put my efforts there anymore meanwhile there could be like a very legitimate reason that the matchmaker would totally understand and then it could be helpful to share like yeah and i think the single will share in in that context also like the biggest like the the dumbest thing i fell for i guess like when i was younger and dating was like oh i'm not gonna tell her it's just for me like if there's anyone out there listening to this they are gonna tell (laughs) like they might not tell them right away they might tell her aunt and like then it will i promise you like i've fallen for that in the past and then like been taken to task for it like oh you broke up with her because of this this and that like how does everyone know that like the matchmaker told me like she wasn't gonna tell anyone they're gonna tell i promise (laughs) And that's yeah. not with that's not with uh like like professional shut you want to call it like I, I I don't find that at all they are in general very discreet but like with your like best friend's fiance I that's I mean I, I know you just got engaged that's not what I that's not what I mean. <laughs> but I mean, they I'm, will I'm, they I'm honored will that I, know. I'm honored that I'm your best friend I mean that was pretty quick uh just well like yeah a, I, I I don't have a lot of uh I mean I know I said I have a thousand friends coming to the show but. <laughs> No, no, we're trying to get close to me. So I get the, the spots open. Just like a couple weeks after sliding into my DM. So very nice. <laughs> uh, it's nice to see you have a serious side that goes along with the comedy side. You know, Dovey, Joseph Newberger, very, very complex man. So don't yeah, just Joseph, think. Joseph for the serious side, Dovey for the jokes. Yeah. So don't just think, you know, he's he's just a comedian. Cer- certainly not. So we're going to move on to a segment we do here called the Mopod Lightning Round, where I just Fire off some quick questions and you tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. You ready? Uh, yeah, I just like it's like family feud. Not Yeah, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about like the second round of yeah. family feud. Like, I'm not going to tell you how many points you get from this. I, I don't know the answers myself, but you just have to you just have to answer the questions quickly. Got it. Okay. Okay. How many kangaroos are born a day? No, I'd say eighty thousand. I don't know. What is the perfect temperature for water? 95 but i meant for drinking water oh yeah 90 no um <laughs> the perfect time uh, i'd say 32 okay do you 33, right before freeze do you think i'm funny evan harris yeah i haven't seen it yet but you could be okay i'm okay again like people who are like smart funny or clever or good writers aren't funny in person are not funny in person usually not Okay, very interesting. Okay. And like, well, I've met a lot of writers. I'm just saying. Like we'll we'll sound we'll sound off in the comments. Uh who who is your favorite comedian? Right now it's a guy named Shane Gillis. It it ebbs and flows. Like I'm between Shane Gillis and Andrew Schultz. There's like a wave in the comedy world of like taking back like the kind of like alpha, like say what's on your mind, not woke comedy. And I like those comedians. So two guys that are like very popular in New York right now that ever like they sell it in a second. Everyone should try to see are Shane Gillis and Andrew Schultz. Okay, in case you're wondering which way Dobie's leaning, what type of phone do you have? I have an iPhone 12, I think, I want to say. Okay. 
You thought I was like an Android Android person? No, no, I wasn't sure. I mean, it's definitely possible. It's definitely possible. Uh, uh, do you remember the game Gravity Guy? Where did you ever play that game? No, I didn't have a lot of like. I didn't grow up with like. I didn't have oh, like right, right. TV or like a smartphone, like any of that. So. Okay, well, if anyone who's listening to this remembers the game Gravity Guy, very fun on the iPad, probably around middle school, like 2010, you know, please, please comment. Thank you, Dovey Newberger, Joseph. Thank you for having me. This was so for much coming fun. on the MoPod. Anything else you want our listeners to know before we sign off? Anything else I want my listeners to know? I'm my, they're really my listeners, I would say. Oh, your listeners to know. Our uh, listeners. Oh, that show. Oh, we didn't talk about that show that just came out. Oh, the the matchmaking? Yeah, the matchmaking. I haven't watched all of it yet, but I mean, I barely started. Um, if anyone's interested in how I'm having, I'm interested in like getting together a bunch of people for a watch party. Maybe a Modate, like Modate Jewish matchmaking watch party. Well, I'm a little proud that I wasn't casted in the show. But then after like watching the first 10 minutes, I saw that like the first two singles eat pork and cheeseburgers. So I kind of... <laughs> Man, you're sour. I mean, I, I had Elisa Manchelam on the, on the Mopod, you know. Now I'm... Now that's, these that's guys fun. talk. These guys are talking about what apps they're on. They're like J Swipe. Hint. I mean, yeah, they're not. They're not from so far in the first few episodes. Actually, there was a modern Orthodox person in like the second episode who I. Oh uh, yeah. Who I who I, I was thought I would I was like it's it was a little frustrating to me because I thought it was going to be like about like simple like the culture. It's not really about like cultural Jewish dating. Like it just happens to be a Jewish matchmaker setting up secular people, but like you don't get the real experience like of the jewish dating world and like all it's like nuance and like funniness yes season two i can't, I can't even tell like what like i got a, i i remember I, was, I just started watching it and the first girl's like oh i just love cheeseburgers and the next guy's like i can't give up pork and i'm like <laughs> i can't tell what's less jewish about this show the fact that you eat cheeseburgers or the fact that you thought you were supposed to tell the matchmaker the truth like anybody who's <laughs> dated in the jewish world knew that you should skip that part okay yeah season two hopefully you know Modate season two, but for now, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't gotten all the way through, so I can't say like they're not going to talk about it, but so far, yeah, I, I agree with you. So uh, thank you again for coming on the pod. Thanks for having me, Evan. Let's do it again soon. Pump the volume. Pump the volume.